Hello and welcome to The Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Senior. Joining us this week are David and Spencer. To discuss the outcome of the arbitration process, Hearts relegation to the Championship, and what we're looking forward to in the season ahead. How are we this week, guys? Alright, alright, how are you Ross? I'm fine, I'm, I'm fine, I mean, it didn't come as a shock yesterday, the relegation, it was probably more, you know, not getting any money, I thought we'd at least get £5 million to spend on players, but it wasn't to be. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I personally think that we should have just been compensated for all the crappy signings that we've had over the uh, the, 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 the past yeah, year. I, uh, I, th- I think I think that was worth actually getting uh, the the arbitration process. They should have just looked at the evidence from that and just says, well, do you know what? If you can't feel sorry for them, despite being relegated, let's just give them some money for the you know for the for the the shame that they've put their supporters through, watching some of the drivel that's been on the park over the past eighteen months. I think that deserved that 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 was a bigger disgrace more than anything. Yeah. But if, if they were giving us money back for the uh, the waiting on how important the players are, I reckon we'd be lucky to get about 100 quid when you look at that team. So maybe it wouldn't have been worth it overall. Well, I was just being in terms of sympathy. Sympathy well, money. Okay, okay fair enough. That, that, that's, I mean, we signed Craig Whiten for 200 grand. I mean, surely that's worth, you know, at least a million in sympathy money. <laughs> So, so the league should have sympathy on hearts. Yeah, it's something they didn't have um, going into the, the arbitration process. What a weird process to go through, though. We go through the courts and then the SPFL or the SFA um, get two people on this arbitration board and us and part of this are allowed one. I mean, it's surely made for the league to win. Surely not. Uh, it looked like it from the outside, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't think any hearts or thistle fan could... Uh, uh, seen the the kind of the, the the setup for that panel and would have been entirely confident that a, a positive result was going to come out in their favour, and obviously uh, it didn't. Um, so, I mean, let's be honest, relegation was never going to be overturned. I mean, it would have been ni- wishful thinking and everything. It would have been nice if it happened, uh, just to, just for the bitter seethe from the other eleven clubs fans and in the top flight. But uh, <clears throat> it wasn't a realistic option. But the, the lack of compensation really is quite. I don't. I just don't. I mean, I would like to know why specifically. There doesn't seem to be any reason why they've just kind of said, "Nah, you're not getting any money," and that, and that's it. So everyone seems to be left in the dark about why, and it would be nice to know why. Uh, although I, I would feel that it would be a pretty lackluster reason, uh, whatever they would bring. But uh, the thing that really left a sour taste in my mouth was the SPFL releasing that statement, almost like. They, you know, they'd won the most outrageous case in the world, and they couldn't believe their luck. And oh, it's great news that these two clubs are being financially uh, negatively impacted because of our of our decision making. They were almost delighted. It was if it was if it was the um, it was a good result for the SPFL, Spencer. Well, of course, and quite rightly so, because if you look at the, the statements from Hearts and Partick Thistle over the last three months or so, they've been questioning whether the SPFL is fit for purpose. They've been questioning whether Neil Doncaster is the right man for the job. So, of course, of course, they were going to come out with a, a celebratory uh, statement at the end of this uh, long process that, that, that brought the uh, the game into disrepute, in my opinion. Well, Men represent you know, all 42 clubs. Surely mm-hmm. they shouldn't put out a statement like that. Surely they should say, well, it's been regrettable what's happened. Let's move on. Let's try and build bridges. 
well, that, that's true as well. But you know, you can, Mrs. Budge, she was uh, questioning, you know, Mr. Doncaster. So it's only, it's only right that, that you know he try and try to to get one up on them. Gordon, what's your opinion? You've probably got loads of opinions on this. You've you've said it throughout. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I've I've certainly not been quiet in in, in my criticism of the SPFL and in particular Neil, Neil Doncaster over the years. I mean, uh, how the man is in is in a job, I'll I'll never know. Um, you know, right right from the, I mean, not just this whole process of of relegating Hearts and Partick Thistle and, and Stranraer. I think from the just everything about Scottish football stinks. It's rotten to the core. In terms of the arbitration process and your your question earlier on, I, I think the, the the fact that we can't actually see the evidence, um, although you know we're continually told that the arbitration process is completely independent from the SFA and that you know it's QCs and all this, but in the the wacky world of Scottish football, the fact that, that they had worked so hard and really you could argue that they worked harder to actually hush this whole thing and play it behind closed doors than they did to actually come to a resolution to sort of um, either reconstruct the leagues or keep the leagues going. It just speaks volumes for me. they pushed it through and, uh, and, and the division that they've caused in Scottish football, um, particularly between clubs like, you know, Hearts, Hearts and Partick and, and the rest, you know, uh, that, that won't be repaired for a long, long time. And uh, I was listening to the, the Wraith Rovers chairman uh, today and he was talking about how you know, he was deeply saddened by um, the fact that a 60-year relationship, positive relationship with Hearts and Wraith is, is, is very much damaged. And to be honest with you, I, I don't necessarily have too much ill feeling towards Wraith because at the end of the day, they, you know, they, they, they were, they're top of their division and they've got promoted. You're not going to reject a promotion. But... I think, you know, them kicking and screaming and, and saying that they've somehow been wronged, at the end of the day, they came out very positively because of, of the leagues being stopped. You know, they, they won a league where they had absolutely no guarantee they were going to win. Um, and personally, I think, if anything, this has damaged them further because them going up during a pandemic and the fact that cost-cutting and things like that is having to be made... If anything, they'll struggle to survive in the championship next year, and I think they'll go straight back down. Where if if the league was played to a finish, and you know, sort of all this kind of was, was played out differently, and they had a clearer idea of what they could do and they could plan, then they, they would have a I think a better chance of staying up. But I think this this damages them um, as as much as as the other clubs. Um, the, the whole thing's a mess, you know. Uh, the, the whole the whole statement that they made they're not there for all uh, 42 clubs they, they never have been though and it's not just against Hearts Park against Stranraer you know it, it doesn't matter if it was and uh, I, I, I don't believe this is just an anti-Hearts thing I think if any club was in this position they would be driving the same the, the, the same the same knife uh, into the backs of them because I mean they just they, they, they don't even have a sponsor for for the our, our top four leagues we don't even have um the TV deal they've bent over backwards for is is pathetic as well. But at the end of the day, the the SPFL are having to actually pay money to Sky due to the the, the last deal um, not being finished for the end of the season to, to almost compensate them. You know that's not worthy trustworthy partners and their coverage is crap as well. Sky's so and 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 it's minimal money that they're getting. Not only that, you've got every single club as well. And they're charging money 
for people to stream these games when you know you you look at the English football deal for example every single game you can watch either on Sky or BT or or any of their selected partners Sky should be offering a similar sort of deal um so think things like that they they, ju- they just do not you know they, they do not do the best for for Scottish football and the, the fact is that you speak to the majority of supporters they wanted league reconstruction and they made absolutely zero effort to uh, to get it through, in my opinion. Is it about league reconstruction or actually finishing the league, though? I mean, we talk about English football, but they wanted to play their league to an end. I know a lot of things would have already been decided. For example, Liverpool would have won the league. But you look at Leicester, for example, they were cleaning third. They finished fifth. You look at Aston Villa, they were in the relegation places. They finished 17th. They got out there. Tottenham were eighth in the Premiership. They got Europa League football. I don't think that's the the, the major kind of argument. Um, I, I think. But should the it, games have been played? It's the, it's the entire governance of Scottish football and the way the whole thing was handled. Um, I I believe league, league reconstruction should have happened years ago. I think we've you know killed our game constantly um, by by sitting back and you know staying with this whole status quo because everybody hates it. You know, I mean, you speak to the majority. Well, I'm sick of going to the same old. And if anything, I'm quite sort of looking forward to to the championship season because you know it's some grounds that we've never been to and we've not been to for a while, and it's a bit freshness. You know, it's something different. Where you know, if you're 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 in the top flight, it's not as as great as people make out because you're just going to the same crap grounds two or three times a season, and it, it does get boring. I've, I've advocated for a bigger league for years, and I think it would benefit so many teams. But the self-interest and the lack of ambition, and that, and that stems from the very top. That comes yeah. from the top. That comes from the SPFL. But, They've got to be driving it. But the point is, um, none of this, none of and this, coming out with the positives, and and, and they don't do that. They, they do not promote the game enough. No. Um, but I, I get I get what you're saying in terms yeah. of we should, listen. I, I think Hearts would have stayed up yeah. um, had the league been played to to a finish. I think it would have probably went down to the last game, especially when you look at the teams that Hearts still had to play. Um, but I think, you know, a lot, a lot can change in football. And you've seen St Mirren as well. You know, I mean, I think they were had a similar points total as we did after 30 games. Well, no, they, they, actually, um, had, they actually had 17 points last season. They were seven adrift of staying up. Not, not ahead of the well, playoffs, seven adrift. So, and then Dundee got relegated. So, hmm. actually, they were in a worse position. It's rich coming from them as well. Uh, you know, they're, they're you, you look on social media and you hear from their chairman and things like that and, you know, Jim Goodwin and stuff, he's he's made a few comments. And they're one of the first clubs to almost stick the boot in. And, and they are, you know, they're quite happy to see. But, they, but you know, the, the, the irony is they were in the same position last year. Yeah. And, and you wouldn't hear the end of it if it was them. It's actually so, quite I mean, interesting as well. I, I, it is. And I just think it's just a, it's just embarrassing, really. But it's also interesting as well, David, in, in the... Um... In the championship season of sixteen seventeen, St Mirren would have went down as well. <laughs> yeah, if, I know. If, they, I mean, if, they, if the game <laughs> finished on the same day the championship season finished this season, Wraith Rovers yeah. went down that season. They were eighth. Pro- just proves that well, they should have played yeah. this to finish. Every football fan knows that football can change in the blink of an eye. I think you'd have to be daft to say that it wouldn't, and you'd be daft as a football fan to say that Hearts wouldn't have had a chance to stay up. Everyone goes on with four wins in thirty-one games, though. It's like aye. So, so, so more imagine like in in the in English Championship, teams all of the bottom three stayed up with seven games to go. Yep. So I mean, 
people need to have a step back and take off their whatever coloured of tinted glasses they have. And obviously people will, and, and probably rightly so, say that us and our maroon tinted glasses are probably saying, oh, you know, Hearts are going to stay up, we would have won, like, we won all the games and all that. But at the end of the day, it, it's true uh, that that possibility was there. It, it's happened more often than not, and we talk about St Mirren as well. And these the, the people in charge of these clubs need to, as we've said, take away that self-interest self they have and realise that league reconstruction would be good for the Scottish game. It, it, needs, it needs to happen. It's too boring now. It's, it's the same old crap every year. And it only really is, is still continuing because it facilitates the two biggest clubs in the country. Because Celtic and Rangers get their nice two, two home games against uh, teams in the bottom half and they're easy wins. You cut down the, the number of home games you have. David... David, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I, I actually don't buy that. The whole, the whole firm game is to suit the old firm. I think if anything, it suits the, the smaller clubs because they are they are desperate for um, you know to, to have their their two home games against Celtic and well their four home games against Celtic and Rangers and things like that. That they're the ones that are actually holding the the, 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 the entire sorry Scottish football back. In my opinion, that, that comes from the crappy TV deal they've got. Oh, it does. It absolutely does. Of course, it does. And that, but that's that. That again is driven by the SPFL and and the way that we advertise the game and things like that, and and the fact that they've allowed. Of course, Celtic and Rangers get the biggest viewing figures because the the two biggest clubs. But I, I don't believe for a minute that somehow you know other club like other games. If you had an exciting league, you know, and I'm talking about 16 to 18 teams where there's plenty to play for, that people wouldn't tune in and watch it just because it's Celtic and Rangers aren't involved. Um, I think we just we just don't sell the game enough, and and I think Celtic and Rangers both would welcome bigger leagues because it would be more competitive. Not only that, it attracts more sort of better players to the league. You know, they're two big clubs. You know, they they, they shouldn't have a problem beating you know an extra six seven teams in their league. Um, I, I don't think they, 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 that that would, if anything would help them when they go into Europe and things like that. It would make the Scottish league stronger. So I, I don't think they've got the issues. The small clubs like Hamilton and and even your St Mirrens, you know, these teams that bend over backwards and give you know the old firm two stands and want their telly deals and things like that, they're the ones that hold Scottish football back more than anyone. So what, who is holding Scottish football back, Spencer? Is it the old firm? Is it the old the smaller clubs? Is it ourselves? Um... That's a good question. I, I don't know how to answer that. Who is holding Scottish football back? It's a, it's a difficult question. Um, there is ways to improve Scottish football. I do think league reconstruction would have been helpful. Um, you know, just going back on a couple of points were made there. Um, firstly, just uh, I was making a little note there. I think Wraith Rovers will be fine next season. They've got a very talented manager in John McGlynn. I'm sure he'll keep them up. Uh, I think it's wrong to just blame the SPFL for the division that has been caused uh, in, in Scottish football. I think Hearts and Partick Thistle do need to look at themselves a little bit with some of the statements that have been made. Um, you know, they haven't really, Mrs Budge, done a lot to try and mend the wounds, as it, as it were, and we'll discuss her later on. I think her time at the club is up. I think it's time for change. Uh, but going forward, uh, trying to improve Scottish football, we need league reconstruction. It's not going to happen this year, obviously, because of the situation Hearts are in. Uh, but, you know, an 18-team league would be beneficial going forward. Uh, you know, teams like Dunfermline could add to this premiership as good Hearts. Now a championship club, let's not forget. So, um, Is this is, is this the actual Hearts review, or is this, like, some random here? I mean, like, like do, you, do you support Hearts, or are you just a kid-on fan? I am the biggest Hearts fan in this chat, I think. You're <laughs> like, you're not, uh, you know, you're I love Hearts more than anyone. I am disappointed with the way it's gone. 
I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, Mrs. Budge is to blame for the situation we're in because she kept Mr. Levine in a job for far too long. You know, it, it was clearly his fault. Hold on uh, now. The, the other week there, you were going on about how it wasn't it, Mr. Levine wasn't to be blamed for all this. And now you're turning around and saying it's Mr. Levine's fault. It's Mrs. Budge's fault for keeping uh, them in a job. Think, That's yeah, what I, I said a fortnight ago. And you're turning around and twisting the words and using the things that I, I, I said. I think, I, think, I think you've misunderstood what I've said. I said no, uh, no, you just uh, made a fool yourself. A lot now. of the responsibility. But uh, I do think we would be in a better position if he'd stayed, but we would still be in the bottom six. Uh, but but you've just blamed... But no, hold on now. You've, you've just blamed him, right, for the yes, way we the way we are now. But then you've just yeah. turned around and said we'd be in a better position than, than we, we are at the moment. Well, we wouldn't have got relegated if Craig Levine had stayed, but still, we wouldn't how? have been where Hart of Midlothian should how, be how, challenging how, how, for third place. How do you even know that? Because you, you look at the form that Hearts were on, right, you look at the performances, he clearly <laughs> lost the dressing room. Don't for a minute... And sit there and tell me that Hearts wouldn't have got relegated. If anything, they would have been further cut adrift if he had stayed in charge. And then he would have had a January transfer window to sign more drivel. You know, he got some big results towards the end of his time there. He got a win at Easter Road, uh, big three points. He got us a very important draw at St Mirren away and at Livingston away. These were two tough away grounds and he got us got us points. So, you know... Um, Spencer, four wins, yeah. I think. I think. So, me, Spencer, you... you... I'm sorry, that gets you relegated. So Spencer, you you think we should have kept Craig Levine? Well, and none of this problem, none of this would be a problem. I think, yeah, I think Levine would have kept us up. Stendhal was a disaster. There is two ways about that. I mean, uh, he didn't do enough. He should have done a lot more. Daniel Stendhal is to blame for our relegation as well. But uh, I think Mr. Levine would have got us a lot of points. Seriously, I mean that that's the most ridiculous thing. Well, why why would you give him another uh, transfer window? Because Daniel's because he is an experienced manager in Scottish football. Daniel Stendhal had never managed in Scotland before. At the end of the day, no, no, listen, Daniel Stendhal's form had January signings. He brought in his own players in January. Boyce has been a disaster so far. How how, he's not been a disaster. The man's not been fit. He scored a winning goal against Rangers. He's one of the most prolific goal scorers in Scottish football over the past ten years. I assure you, he will more than come good when he's fit. Not only yeah, that, he's, he's signing in the, cent- in the centre. Of- no, let, let, let me wonder, finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. When uh, he signed uh, Tony Sibic as well, who was never fit, unfortunately. There's nothing he could do about that. Granted, the uh, the, the young Avedichai didn't quite uh, make the grade, but I think he was carrying an injury as well. Langer didn't quite do it either. Listen, you, you, you can't sit and have a go at Stendhal's transfer uh, policy. You know, you can't polish a turd, especially in a month. Well, um, you know, he done, he done, he needed, well. they, they needed a big reaction. They got to January, and do you know what? I, I have absolutely no issues with anything that Stendhal done in January. I thought it was the right thing to do. You know, he plugged some gaps at the at the back in terms of getting ready better. It's a shame that he couldn't get a, a decent goalkeeper in. Um, but in terms of actually adding voice and things like that, uh, that has been anything but a disaster. You know, I think I think you're 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 bang at order there. You no, know, at the end of the day, Stendhal didn't do enough. You know, the the reason that we are, we didn't, but he still had eight games left. He should have had eight games left, and then you can judge him after that. Well, you can't sit and say it was his fault. Ars got relegated. Stendhal couldn't beat teams like Hamilton at home. You know, Saint Mirren away. Could Levine. Was all- could Levine. But if we gave could Levine, Levine time, I'm sure he would have. No, but he didn't though. Should we have appointed someone like but a I'm Stuart sure. McCall? I think so, yes. Why? But why? He's just, you know, you could argue that he's just a, another Craig Levine. At the end of the day, I have no issue with, with um, Ann Budge coming out of the point of Stendhal. I think he would have been the right man. It was just the wrong time, 
and you know he, he's coming to a team full of kind of and and do you know what I'll say it Levine's pals you know I think that, that there was a lot of them in there and they didn't quite take to, to Daniel uh, Stendhal's way of sort of thinking and playing and it, it's a right attitude problem that's kind of um, sat throughout the club I bet you any money if Daniel Stendhal went to another Scottish club he would do very very well there's just a huge attitude problem uh, in amongst that squad and um you know, I think that's been evident as the season's got on. The fact is, you look at the money that was spent, the money that these players earn, they should be nowhere near the bottom of the league. And, you know, I, I'm critical of Anne Budge, and I'm sure as we, we, we go on, I'll, I'll make uh, I'll make more comments about Anne Budge, but I feel sorry for her as well, because, you know, she has backed Craig Levine. Yes, it, it, it's, you know, she, she gave him too much time, and it's, you know, ultimately it's led to not only her downfall, but, but the club in general. Um, but ultimately, she she backed him. You know, she put her hand in her pocket and she gave him a very large war chest. I believe for if there was a different manager in there who was given the similar sort of budget, Hearts would be battling for the for the title. I honestly believe that. I think I think you look at the budget that the Hearts have and and the money that they've spent on players. You know, with a better manager, they they, they would be up there challenging. What, what what do you think about that, Spencer? His comments. I think it's delusional. I, I think I think Hearts are. How, how is it delusional? Everybody goes on about Aberdeen every Excuse single season, right? league, but and Hearts have spent more need, money than them. So how is it overhaul. delusional? Excuse me. Excuse me. We need a complete overhaul of the squad. They just got us relegated. They won four games all season. We are not a couple of signings away from challenging the old firm for the league title. Did, did I say that? Did, did, did I just say that? That's what you were implying. No, I, I I didn't say that at all. What I just said to you there, if you open your ears and listen. I said, well, I if there was another manager in there and they had the budget that Craig Levine had, I firmly believe we would be up challenging at the top of the league. And I think that's a yeah, fact. I completely disagree. Oh, do you? Okay, convenient. <laughs> I have nothing more to add. <laughs> I'm almost speechless as well, David. Mr. Levine did have, have a challenge at the top of the league. We were top of the league in November, then injuries. That's the big word here. Injuries took place. <laughs> oh, God. We will move on, and um, do you think do you think Anne Budge um, tried to rectify some wrongs, David, going through the court process and fighting the league all the way? Uh, yeah, I do, and I wonder that the the damning outcome of the arbitration panel. I, I now wonder about her legal advice that she was given beforehand and how <laughs> how good it was because it was a pretty uh, emphatic victory for uh, for the SPFL. But yes, she has. I think she. I'd like to think uh, that she's realised she's made quite a, a numerous, quite numerous errors in the past twelve to eighteen months uh, at the club, um, as we've kind of alluded to there with the the argument between the brothers. I don't think I need to add more on that. Uh, and then obviously, um, just in general, I think there's been a lot. There's been a lot of a lack of uh, enthusiasm in the club for for quite some time. Uh, I mean, yeah, we had two months we were at the top of the table, but then <laughs> that was quickly eviscerated in, in, in the space of six very short short weeks. Um, and I think we've been we've, we've moaned about Budge long enough on 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 this uh, on this podcast. Uh, so yeah, she, she's um, she's she's pretty much tried her best to wriggle her way out of a very sticky situation. Her time her her time's definitely numbered. I mean, yeah. let, let, let's be honest with you. I mean, she says that anyway, but. You know, you you've got to look at the the whole thing in context, and I think generally she knew. I think deep down we were never going to win, mm. but obviously she she had to for the fans to, you know, to to show that she was fighting and taking it to court, which is 
which is fine, I've no issue with. But the the whole kind of almost sweeping it under the carpet, uh, you know, ultimately we the, the, you've got to ask the questions, right? How 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 is a club with by far the third biggest budget in the league? And don't give me the Aberdeen and Hibs thing. I think Hearts have got a far bigger budget than they do. And the the fact that we've spent all this money and yet we're sitting bottom of the league, you know, with eight games to go. It's it shouldn't even be in the bottom six, never mind bottom of the league. And ultimately, that comes down to her failure of giving too much uh, power. Not only that, we have a board that's assembled by her that has zero football experience on it, right? It's a football board, therefore, why isn't there a couple in there? And it's all very well adding Jim Jeffries in it now, but somebody like that should have been in that ages ago. And we've even heard Anne Budge come out and say these things where she says, yeah, you know, Craig comes in and the board do ask him questions and he explains himself and we all go, oh, well, okay, I can see why you're doing that. Well, I'm not being funny, but if you had an experienced football person on that board and he came out with some of his drivel, then you'd have real football people going, no, well, actually, Craig, I don't think you should be doing that. This is well, Why aren't you doing this? Why isn't that happening? But because none of them are actual football people, they're just eating at the palm of his hand. And ultimately, that's down to Anne Budge because she assembled that board she, then, she gave Craig Levine too much autonomy and too much power. And this isn't a, a, a vendetta against Budge and Levine. I wanted Levine to succeed. I actually like Levine. And I, 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 like, I like Budge as well. I, I wanted to see this work. You know, I, it pains me seeing the, the way hearts are at the moment. Don't revel in it. You know, I, it makes me miserable sitting having to, having to rant about this. It's, it, just, it just frustrates me. And, and the fact is, we've just shot ourselves in the foot constantly. We had a real opportunity to take a stranglehold and get ourselves right at the top of Scottish football. And we've made a pig's idiot. Off the field, fine. On the field, has been a disaster. Spencer, where do we go from here? Well, well, I do think Mrs Budge's time at the club is up. But what, what I would say is there can be no doubt about it. Anne Budge is the greatest chairperson in the history of Hartman Building Football Club. What she has done for this club is unbelievable. She saved us. We were on the brink of extinction. She took over. She sorted the mess out. Uh, we won a championship by a landslide, and I think you know we were on the on a good way to uh, to success. And then things with Cathro and, and Mr. Levine. But why is her time up then, in your opinion? Well, well, she's run her course. I mean, she's been here for six, seven years now. I think. Yeah, but, but surely if she's the greatest in our history, well, why, why, would, you, months, why, would, why would you want to get rid of Excuse me. The last eighteen months haven't been very good. So well, I think how does that make her the greatest ever then? If the last well, eighteen months of what she did before, with the mess she took over, was a disaster. She came in, she sorted it out. It well, was brilliant. Now. It was good for a while. I think we should have the Anne Budge stand, and then it's time to move on with Mrs Budge. Uh, let someone else come in, and hopefully she doesn't ruin her legacy anymore. Didn't he kid on that somehow we are sort of a charity, and she, you know, we've we sat there with our begging bowl, and she helped us out. The fans saved the club. The fans saved the club. Then he forget that, and the fans have been so shouting. Are you saying are you saying Mrs. Budge had no part in saving the club? Never said that. She's played her part. Yes, she she done well to start off with, but since then it's been a disaster. At the end of the day, the, the fact is they, they don't have the right people on the board, and the board's assembled by her. Therefore, it's her fault. Strong opinions there, Spencer. Excuse me, Mr. Romanov was a disaster. He left us on the verge of extinction. Chris Mr. Robinson Romanov was going to sell the club. He was going to sell us down the river. You know, he was a disaster as well. Uh, I've heard mixed things on Wallace Mercer. Um, so, you know, I would say Mrs. Budge, great reputation. She has restored hearts. 
uh, back to the top of Scottish football. It's now time for it to move We've on. We've been relegated. We've been relegated. We're not at the top of that, Scottish that's football. That, that, that's, that's down to Mr Levine. Yeah, but she appointed Mr Levine. And you said Mr she Levine should have stayed. For too long. I, think, I think you're being very unfair on Mrs You're Butler. contradicting <laughs> yourself constantly. You actually mean that I fool yourself. With it, but you said at the start of the programme that she gave him too much time and therefore it was his fault. It took four weeks to appoint Daniel Stendhal, a man that had never managed in Scotland and who only won a couple of games and thus got us relegated. Brendan Rodgers had never managed in Scottish football, yeah, came in and won a treble. You know, Paulo Sergio never managed in Scottish football, came in and won a Scottish Cup. Chabalazzo never managed in Scottish football, came in through Carts the third. You know, you can go through the amount of people that haven't managed in Scottish football and, and sit here and say, oh, well, he's never managed here before, so... Well, he's, yeah, he's Sergio, Sergio and Laszlo never had the money to spend that uh, Daniel Stendhal did in January, and uh, he made uh, an embarrassment of it. Uh, yeah, but you, you've got to remember what he walked into. He didn't have a summer, he didn't have a pre-season to get his own stamp and all his you, own you players. Said we're only a couple of times away from being a really good team. Yeah, I, I, I generally believe that. I, I think with the right wrong. players, that he, he, I'm not wrong. He, the, the fact is, you look at that players and you look at context, and you could clearly see what where Hearts lack. Right, they lack pace. Nielsen's already identified that. They lack a centre half. Um, you can talk about Suter coming back and all this, but I, I still think Suter's too injury prone. I'd rather have a solid centre half in, in beside Halkett in there. Need a goalkeeper already been addressed. You know, yes, injuries have played their part. I think if you have a fully fit squad, uh, the, the, sorry, the fully fit, and I'm talking about you know a solid back four. I'm talking about a Peter Haddon back in there. We even you know getting Harry Cochran back to what he was when he first burst on the scene, with that energy and that fearlessness, if you have him in the, in the middle of the park, you know, Levine just pushed all these laddies aside, never gave them a proper opportunity to kick on and develop. That was another thing that he's, he's absolutely made a pig's ear off as well. You know, I just hope that, that guys like Cochrane and McDonald's, their careers can, can go back on track. You have Irvin in there. So that there's energy. Said he's signing, you know, people like Walker, who, although I think Walker has his, his, his advantages and, he, and, you know, he can pop up, but he's not a winger. You know, he's not going to, he isn't what hearts need. But if you have, like, Naismith, you have Boyce, you have Harren in there, and then you add pace and, and sort of creativity in the wings, and, uh, you know, and that's not out of hearts' budget to attract these sort of players in there. You got an R centre half. You've got a good team. You do have a good team. And it's all, and ultimately, it's just about getting your your reserves spot on. It's about getting them in a play, uh, playing a, a way which gets the best out of them. And it won't take long. And I think under Nielsen, I think he's probably the right man to do that to get Hearts back up the the challenge at the top of Scottish football. I wouldn't bet against Hearts being this time uh, next year. Uh, well, we'll be, well, I think we'll be back in the Premier League, but say, you know, 2022 or something. Hearts will, will definitely be uh, in, in the top three by then. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the, the youngsters there, Gordon. I mean, we're going to move on and talk about, you know, what we're actually looking forward to seeing in the Championship. I mean, there is more opportunity potentially for, you know, bringing in some of the young players that have, we've seen bits of, that need to get that experience. I know we've seen it last time we were there, you know, we had a, a lot of a lot more of a younger squad in, in our Championship team. You know, there's lots to look forward to next season. David, what are you looking forward to next season? Yeah, I think you're you're right when you allude to the young players. I think uh, the standout for me last season was Andy Irvin. I mean, you can tell, definitely tell the guy's a class act in the middle of the park. He's got great vision, great technique in passing the ball, and I think he'll have a really good season next season, at least if he can stay, uh, stay fit. And like you say as well, Gordon, Harry Cochran, I mean, the guy has been just riddled with really niggly and horrible injuries for the past 
12 to 18 months. It'd be really good to see him back to full fitness because we, we all know what he's capable of. You know, he's got just bags and bags of ability. And, you know, yeah. it, if him and Irvin are, are playing in your mid, uh, playing kind of further forward and, and pulling the strings for hearts, uh, you're going to see some pretty good football, I would imagine, uh, next season. Uh, yeah, and obviously for me, on a personal uh, point of view, there's a couple of grounds there I've never been to that I'd quite like to uh, go to as well. I wouldn't have liked to go into them in this fashion. It would have been nice in a League Cup, maybe, in the top flight uh, going down. But I guess we'll take it as well. And, uh, you know, our broth and the pie have heard good things. Hope to get, uh, Very good. get one of them. They're not sold out. So, uh, for me, yeah. But I think on the football side of things, yeah, I think Nielsen uh, will develop quite a few youth players. He's done it before. He'll have no problem doing it again. And I think we know how good Hearts Academy is. And I think that'll be a, a pretty strong... It'll be at the forefront of the team. Uh, next season, at least I hope so. Anyway, it's a chance. I, the, thing, the, the thing is with the, the, the youngsters that the Hearts will bring in, I, I don't think too many will burst onto the scene, but I think guys who are, are ready at the moment will, will be given an opportunity. And I'm talking about like Cochrans and Irvins and things like that. Um, I think these guys will, will, will be in. I think, um, although we do have a because I mean, Nielsen spoke about that already as he's came in. He says there's a few youngsters that will need to go out on loan and things like that. And I totally agree with you. I, I don't believe guys like Henderson are ready for uh, the, the first team. I've not seen enough for them compared to guys like Cochrane who came in first. McDonald as well, I don't think it's been given a, a fair crack of the whip. You know, and then you've got Hickey in there and you've got Irvin. I mean, to be fair, when I first seen Irvin as well, I wasn't 100% convinced, but I think he's been one of the standouts. Um, from last season, I thought he, I thought any time he, he played, he looked cool, collective, and uh, he just he just he just fitted in very well. I would have liked to have seen him sort of more of him. I thought him kind of he was. I mean, appreciate when a team's not winning, it's difficult. You've got to change it, and I guess the youngsters are maybe the first to go. But um, I think him in, in a midfield packed full of energy uh, with with you know a player like Cochrane, and and, and then you get Harren back in there. Who, who can sit back and almost just, you know, watch the game in front of them. And Ollie Lee coming back, I think, is a big boost to Hearts midfield. Um, so I, I don't think a, a whole load of youngsters will come in, but I think there's good scope there, at least. Um, and I think, you know, if we can continue to develop them um, in the background and then maybe push one or two in as each sort of season goes, then I think, I think that's the way forward. I don't think we'll pack our team fully youth and youngsters like we did the first time um, we, we came down. I don't think there'll be that level. I, I just think the team at the moment, because I don't, I don't think an awful lot will, will leave Hearts, even though we've been relegated. Oh. I think there's a lot on, on long-term contracts. Um, and there's a lot of players you do want to keep in there. Um, I just think it's getting rid of the, the guys who haven't got the stomach to play for Hearts or the mentality. Um, you know, I'm talking about, you know, your Lloyd Demures and um, you know these sort of guys. I think they'll they'll be the first to 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 to, to go. Um, and I think there's a few others as well, uh, a few bad seeds in there that that we need to need to weed out. David, do Hearts need a bit more grit to play in the championship next season? Um, yeah, possibly. Uh, yeah, you know, um, I think it's a thing that we've maybe said about Hearts for the probably since the end of Nielsen and Cathro's time that there has been a, a lack of uh, grit and a little bit of bite about that team. They can be perceived to be a bit soft. Uh, and I think we managed to get that back a little bit under Levine in his first season back, but then obviously lost that pretty quickly thereafter. 
But then I, th I think this team, when it is truly fit, as Gordon mentioned, it's pretty strong. Uh, and I don't think it needs to be added too much. The problem is them staying fit. And obviously you might need to bring in a couple of uh, additions to, to really make sure that that squad's got enough about it. Um, but Wait, I, I, excuse me, what is this myth that we've got a strong squad? We just got really. It annoys me when I hear this. It's a myth. We need a, a whole new squad. Give me... I think that the problem has been the blend, and that's clear to see. If you watch that team, there's definitely good players in there, and I think confidence go hand in hand with winning football games. And they've not had the right the right people in the the dugout kind of getting the best out of them and getting the confidence in them. It's all right. It's fair enough criticizing, you know kind of, uh, you, you know, your team when they're doing badly, but it's, but it's just as important as uh, to pick them up. And they've not had the right people picking them up. And I think if Hearts go on a, a run, I think being in the Championship will probably be quite a good thing for them, a blessing in disguise, because hopefully they can get a winning mentality back. So when they are back in the top flight, they hit the ground running again, similar to how they, they, they did the first time under Nielsen. Um, because, you know, the, the confidence is huge for them. Um, and I think you'll see Hearts do well in the Cups as well this year. Um, the, the, I think they'll they'll get to the latter stages, you know, because I think generally uh, it's very infectious getting confidence and wins. And I, I, I think just having that blend of pace and creativity in the team, that's what's let us down. You know, a, a solid base would help as well, some defenders, because, I mean, we were scoring goals, but I just think we, we needed more pace and creativity and then having a, a, a more, say, well, a goalkeeper for a start. If your back four don't believe in your goalkeeper, then you're already 1-0 down, and that was evident last season. Um, so at least, you know, having a strong character and, and an experienced keeper like Gordon in there, you know, you talk about bringing Berra back. I think Berra will have a bit part play. He's not going to be a starter for uh, any stretch of the imagination. I think he'll be all right if you're needing to defend a lead with 15 minutes to go. You shove him on there. Because let's be honest with you, in terms of his actual football ability, it's pretty much gone because he, he can hardly move. One thing he can do very well is head of the ball. <laughs> so you know if you're if you're if you know you're needing to defend for 15 minutes, you'll throw better on there. Mm. Absolutely no question, and he's, he's good for that. And the way he conducts himself off the park and things like that, you know, he, he is a leader and, and he'll do well for the club. So I think having having I think that's what Nielsen means. I don't think Nielsen's stupid enough to just throw him back in there as a starter because he's he's not good enough regardless at Championship level anyway. Um, I think we need in our centre half anyway, and um, I mean we might need a right back depending if Smith goes. Although you know you've got Brandon, and I guess that this might be the season where Brandon has to try and cement himself as Hart's right back. Um, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Spencer, I was going to bring you in there. You you you, you sort of said we need a whole new squad. What, what do you mean by that? Um, can you hear me down here? Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, good. Sorry, because I just I moved back to where it was dodgy at the start. I'm just charging my phone. Uh, sorry, ask the question again. You sort of said we hope need a whole new squad, Spencer. What, what did you mean by that? Well, we need. To, we only won four games last season, so we need to sign some quality players, get some more people in. It's very simple. But who do we bring in? Who do we bring in to, to help the squad? Gordon talked about a lack of blend. I mean, he he gave he gave options there. Like, do, do we just get rid of everybody and then bring people in? I mean, we've got a decent quality squad there. But surely they've not been managed well enough. Well, you you could argue that, but you know, you you look at some of the signings that teams have made. I think Nisbet would have been a great signing for us. He's uh, 
got experience in the championship. He's the sort of player we should have went after. Uh, but of course, being in the championship, we're going to struggle to attract these uh, types of players now. Um, so, you know, we just need... I don't have a lot of faith in these players. I think the, the way they conducted themselves last season wasn't good enough. Uh, to only come away with four victories is unacceptable. So, uh, I don't I just don't have a lot of faith in them. I think, I think we need wholesale changes, in my opinion. I just don't see their form changing just because it's a, a new season and things like that. Their, their attitudes weren't good enough last year. We need a... But, but major, the the, the need a... thing is, right, you, you spoke earlier on about Hearts' start uh, at the start of the season where they went eight games unbeaten and they were talking about all that flying. And you said that was obviously down at Levine. But at the end of the day, it was virtually the same players. Yet that then turned and you look at where they are now. So how can it not return and go back to that? Well, we had no Harren, we had no Ollie Lee, Uchi yeah, wasn't performing. Players, yeah, but these players are still injured. Yeah, but these players are back now. So how, yeah. how, how, how do they need wholesale changes? How can that team then not um, re-inspire that form and, and, and go and, and start competing at the top again? Because of their performances towards the end of last season. It wasn't acceptable. Yeah, but, but you, you, but last you game, went on about how they were in, top of the league. league. You went you on about how they were top of the league game. as their first eight games. And, th- and then you've, you, you you were going on about how it was, it was up to, you know, Magical Levine and all that. And then suddenly it's turned. How can it not turn again? Well, it's, it's not the same group of players. It's a, it's a completely what? different... No, it's not. It's completely different. Is it not? You what just it? said Harren, Lee, Naismith. And, and Uchi, they're all still part of the squad. They're all still there. But the way they've been treated was unacceptable. Ollie Lee went down south. We could have used him. Um, you know, we're, we're missing some, you know, real quality. And it's a shame. People like Dick Amora, good people, have left the club. We need people like him. I like Dick Amora. I thought he was all right. There's going to be better football under Robbie Nielsen, though, David, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, I mean, thankfully. I mean, I'm not kidding myself that it's going to be, you know, vibrant, fluent attacking football all the time. We know Nielsen's a fairly pragmatic coach, but at the end of the day, he'll get us wins, and that's all that matters. And it will be a lot better on the eye than it has been uh, under under Levine, and I won't be as nervous watching it as I was under Stendhal with any time a ball's getting chucked over the back four and, and a team's in. So, yeah, I think uh, that's something to look forward to. I probably won't be on his edge for, for another 30-odd games in a season. I don't. Those stand the thing is, though, right? <laughs> sorry. It, it, see, the thing is, you t- talking about lack of quality there and things like that. That the, you know, the, this team went and beat Rangers twice. Yeah. So see when they can be arsed. There are really, the, the, you know, there's really good players in there, beat and Hibs. they can they, they can win the big game. Exactly. When Hibs and won. Should it, should it be Aberdeen at Tynecastle? Should have done absolutely. So um, see when the big games come along, and ultimately it's it's about your manager getting the best out you, and. You know, any any player could turn up for the big games. I, I get that, and obviously there's an attitude problem there. But it's down to the manager yeah. to, to to address those and get the best out of the team week in week out. And in fairness to Nielsen, I think he'll do that. We've also got the Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Cup to look forward to. Hopefully, we can get some silverware. Is, is that month. actually going ahead? I I don't know yet. Um, the league haven't announced if it's going ahead or not. I'd assume so, but it might not go ahead as like a cross border thing. I'll be honest with you, I'd be surprised if that went ahead. Just looking at the, the, the congestion, the fixtures and things like that, I mean, I'd be shocked if that went ahead. I mean, considering we're only playing a 27-game season, I mean, it could... It it's still... got to, if they want to keep in the, the clubs from Wales and, and, and the two Irelands, then they're going to struggle to... And England, they're going to struggle to fit in with their schedule too, so they yeah. didn't put it down. Uh, I, don't, I don't see it going ahead. I, I, I'd be shocked if that went ahead. And the thing is, as well, the fact that they actually voted on the League Cup 
you know, if you wanted to join the League Cup and they're talking about making the Scottish Cup smaller and stuff, I just I just don't see that going ahead. I wanted to play a game against um, Hibs Colts, you know, and win. <laughs> oh, well. And, and we've got the potential of a Scottish Cup final at Christmas as well, coming up. Yeah, bizarre days, those, aren't they, you know? Having, what, 50,000 people potentially in Glasgow the, the last weekend before Christmas. Is it Sunday as well, am I right in saying, or made it Saturday? I don't know. I think it's the Saturday. I think it's the yeah. Saturday. I'll mm. double check. Well, uh, yeah, that, that'll, that'll be quite interesting. Uh, I just hope we can get to the semi-final, really. I think the people who are saying they're going to boycott the, the semi-final, I think that's poor. I don't I do not do that. I, I think I think we should have as many fans as we can as we can get along for that game because that, that's that is a massive game and you know hearts have got to win that and they've got to go there and they've got to win that and i think they will um and i just hope it's a full back and i can understand people not wanting to go but i think we've you know we've got a club together and if we're allowed back in the stadiums by then go it's a massive game for nielsen massive game for hearts and i think we've got to go there and support them i don't i don't think we should be boycotting that game um i'll be disappointed if fans did the final because it's a it's a it's a huge game. The final will be played on the Sunday, the twentieth of December, just for confirmation. I thought, there. I thought it was a Sunday. Yeah, be another Sunday Cup final. Um, well, we've we've certainly went through a lot today. <laughs> um, hopefully, you've enjoyed the podcast today. I, I'm, I, I definitely have. I've enjoyed um, the humdinging between Gordon <laughs> and Spencer throughout this. I've enjoyed being here as um, crossfire. <laughs> thank yous all for joining us today um, we'll, we'll probably be back um, during the, the 8 weeks of pre-season hopefully we'll get a few pre-season games that we can talk about um, and yeah um, until next time goodbye <laughs>